the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Interesting position to be in. Is this Ted Nugent? It's an interesting position to be in when you have to look at all of the news every day. When you couple that with what we know about the cold civil war we're in and the plan and how it's being strategically placed and how, in fact, we are losing the cold civil war for the soul of our nation, how we are being overthrown from the Soviets. It's clear to me. I've said for decades, the Democrat plan is merely the Constitution of 1936 of the Soviet Union. We have been infiltrated by Marxists. Now, they may disguise themselves with the phony virtue of an altruistic socialist, right? I mean, after all, Bernie Sanders went from communist to socialist. All he needed was a little polish up pretend to be an old man, although he is an old man, and just play like a nice grandfather. And before you know it, the communist ideas are overtaking your nation. It's happening again. Janet Yellen is truly my favorite kind of corporatist, the phony expert who really is interested in establishing a system where she is a god among people. I call her Mrs. Doubtfire. She looks to me like a transgender in Bernie Sanders, and she is one of the most powerful people in the country. Along with that, we've got Diapers Biden, the feeble fascist, who is just kind of up for any suggestion he can remember for the next seven or eight minutes. So he's a, a pliable political whore for 50 years who has been very comfortable and very profitable by failing and by being wrong. Yet here we are. And this dummy is in the most powerful position on the planet, one could argue. So when I read all of the news, and I remember what Yuri Bezmenov, the ex-KGB officer, said of both the KGB and the CIA. Oh, yes, we do it, too. And how we overtake countries through the ideology. First, the social upheaval, then the economic sabotage. Am I talking about them or am I talking about today in America? That's exactly what's happened to us. Social unheaval, upheaval, excuse me, and economic sabotage. And the economic sabotage is coming at us on three fronts I want to cover in this opening segment. There is now pressure on the feeble fascist for a fourth stimulus check. I told you that one wasn't enough. Two was just they were just getting warmed up. Three, that was the appetizer and the biggest. Now there's a fourth 
George, make it so I could hit the button. Will you there, kid? Get set for more money, possibly. There are reports of a fourth check, and we want to get you over to KCTV 5's Kelly Taylor at the Five Alert Desk. Good morning to you, Kelly. Good morning, Joe. Well, here's what we know right now. Congress is already working on the next COVID relief bill. Ten Senate Democrats want a fourth stimulus check, and if that happens, you wouldn't see that money until October. Now, this group also wants to keep extending unemployment insurance. The latest extension expires September 6th. No word yet on how much the checks would be or the eligibility requirements. Political Watchers do predict, though, that the next relief package could carry an even bigger price tag than that $1.9 trillion bill recently passed by Congress. Now, the new time frame is September. He's under pressure for another stimulus check in September. The, the 1400 one obviously only lasted two, three weeks, and they're on pressure. This is the trajectory of a nation that is very, very comfortable with picking and choosing entities they think is are making money and are successful, and they then are going to add new extortion fees. And right on cue, Bernie Sanders today, along with another communist. We've got some news right now from Elam Oye about a plan to make community college free. She joins us right now with the details. Elon, good morning. Well, good morning, Becky. Progressives are unveiling a proposal today that would make not just community college free, but also give households earning less than $125,000 a free ride to any public university. The catch, though, is that Wall Street would wind up paying for it. So here's how this would work. The federal government would cover 75% of tuition and fees, though that could go up to 90% during recessions. States would be responsible for the rest. To offset that cost, Senator Bernie Sanders and Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal want to tie this program to a new financial transaction tax. The Wall Street Speculation Act would impose a 50 basis point tax on stock trades, 10 basis points on bonds, and a fee of five basis points on derivatives. Those numbers do add up. Progressives say it could raise $2.4 trillion over a decade, though there are a wide range of outside estimates about how much that would actually bring in. Another excuse to tax another entity. It is the only direction the Marxists go in. They could care less that you're underwriting this stock market. We are so interwoven with the poor people funding middle class and rich people and the middle funding rich people and the rich avoiding taxes by hiring lobbyists to circumvent it, that we are now taxing publicly funded entities, publicly underwritten entities. So see, here's how it's going to work. They're going to charge for transaction taxes. So here's what happens. Rich people stop trading. They don't care. They go to cash and they hibernate. This will only end up being a tax of publicly underwritten trades. That's all this is going to be. Banks and Goldman Sachs and big investment houses, all of which who shift all of the losers onto people who never even own stock. 50% of the country doesn't own stock. But yet they see an entity out there that they feel is rich, they feel represents capitalism, and they're going to do all that they can to destroy that with the ignorance of the communists and the arrogance of the Marxists. Or is it the diabolical plan of what our own CIA and the Soviet KGB KGB used to do? And that is to economically sabotage a nation until you break its back. Because the one thing that Yuri Bezmenov didn't really kind of tell us about, because he probably didn't think it was imaginable, is this all happens a year after house arrest, a year after the government has successfully crippled all of us and all of our businesses and made us subservient. 
to their whim. And they have another whim. They have another whim. And Mrs. Doubtfire and the Fed, they're going hardcore with the Green New Deal. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is pledging a whole-of-economy approach to fighting climate change. She's speaking today to the Institute of International Finance, and in her prepared remarks, she says that investors need more reliable, consistent, and comparable ways to assess climate-related risks, and that she's working to develop those standards with international partners. In addition, Yellen also emphasizes the role of the public sector in achieving zero net emissions by 2050. President Biden's infrastructure package includes tax credits for clean energy investments that are technology neutral. She says the market will determine whether solar, wind or hydropower end up being the winners. Now, her remarks come as Democrats on all of those industries, all of them are subsidized and underwritten by corporate welfare that you pay for. This is truly transitioning a, a, a capitalist system, a somewhat quasi-capitalist, it's a mixed system at best, into an absolute government-controlled economy. And they're using every excuse in the book, and their appetite is insatiable. All of these industries, these phony industries, have been wrong for 70 years. All of their predictions wrong. And by the way, that new cutting the emissions to 2050... Diapers Biden said 2030. Now, maybe it was a faux pas, and that's our best hope. But the reality is they have all the cards. They have all the cards. There's another proposal to make D.C. a state. They get two more Democrat senators. So when all of this happens, be sure and thank the never-Trumper scum. Be sure and thank the Republican that voted for this dimwit who told us he was going to be conservative. He was going to be he was for the law and America and he was reliable and he was dependable. These are the most radical ideas that have happened in 90 days than ever imaginable. There is not another president in our history that has transformed America, the principles of, of, of our economy and Americanism in such a disruptive way as this diaper wearing dimwit. It's despicable. Capitol Hill today unveiled a similar idea, providing a tax incentive for any facility, fossil fuel or otherwise, with zero emissions. Now, under that plan, new facilities could also qualify for a production tax credit of 2.5 cents per kilowatt hour or a 30 percent investment tax credit. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden, who's sponsoring this bill, said that he has spoken with Secretary Yellen about these ideas and that his proposal is closely aligned with the administration's goals. And that's why companies that are existing are looking forward to getting in these new scams, solar, wind, and hydrogen. How come they don't talk nuclear? Now, that's the only one. France, 75% of the country runs on nuclear. We don't want to do it. In fact, we've shut down the plants that do it. See, it's not their mission statement. The green energy, the carbon emissions, that's the excuse. The baton is what they do to implement laws that are completely and totally unconstitutional. I feel dirty even saying it because this whole damn government is unconstitutional. Do you see what's before us? This isn't an agenda of altruism. This is sabotage of a once free nation. 312-642-5600. Are you buying any of it? That's the question. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. Do you notice that they do not tax data? Anybody ever wonder about that? All of these internet companies steal our data. If we want to use their facilities, we sign the agreement. Nobody reads the damn thing. They take all of the data from everybody, even your kids, and they sell it. 
So they produce nothing. They literally are stealing data. How come we don't tax data? I mean, there's a new tax I think everybody could get behind. Tax data. It only really affects the Internet. And that'll control kind of what they they won't take everybody's data. They'll pick and choose. But they don't want to tax data. Why? Because they want to kill capitalism. The market represents capitalism. It's been under assault and attack for 70 years. And they, they realized if they couldn't tax it out of existence, they'd corrupt it out of existence. What we have now is not a market anyway. And that's the really sickening part about it. So many people will be paying taxes they aren't even unaware of. Because this will be like every other tax to corporations. This will be pushed off to you. And at the end, when they roll snake eyes, who pays? Not the people who, who, who trade or not the people who have the big accounts or not the hedge funds. People who never own stock. That's who, under, that's who underwrites all this stuff. And they just put it on the pile, put it on the pile. This is not an economy. This, this, this is how Soviets and communists and Marxists have figured out how to destroy the American capitalist system. Jim in Milwaukee. Hi, Hello? Jim. Yes, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear Jim at first. I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. No problem. Uh, what you said at the beginning of your uh, show today about it being done internally uh, or being taken over internally, um, that brings to mind... Uh, Barack Obama, uh, Biden has said publicly that each day he converses with him. We all know that Barack is discussing policy every day. Um, that brings to mind what Barama, the book, the book that Barack promoted as his most influential book, Rules for Radicals, Saul Alinsky, 1954, how you can conduct an overthrow peacefully and without a, a, you know, military, a military... It's absolutely crew. right. And that's why we've been in a cold civil war for two decades. Been in a cold civil war. And I, I, I'll, I'll even credit Bush with, with firing the first shot as he implemented policies to, to, to really take away all of our privacy. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to put the... And I do put the blame... You know, to me, Barack Obama is the first admitted Marxist that we had as president. He said he, he gave it up, but he clearly did, kept practicing. But George Bush didn't do us any favors, for sure. And you go back to the country prior to the Bush administration, even when we had the Clintons, wasn't nearly this bad. Clintons didn't spend money like this. The Clintons didn't try to do this. But here's the other thing, Jim. This is something our government has practiced in South America. Our CIA used to do this to other countries. And they would loan them the money, they'd crank up the debt, and they'd bankrupt them. And before you knew it, they were just our little proxy countries. And it yep. tends to backfire, Jim. Thank you so much for the call. I truly appreciate it. Mike in Plainfield. All right, Mike. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? I'm all right. I start out real happy. Every day, Every day, Mike, I start out real happy. I like the breakfast cigar, you know, the most important cigar of the day. I go for a walk. I enjoy myself. I, I watch a couple of comedy acts. I, I laugh. And then I have to get ready for a show. I read all this news, and I say to myself, can't anyone – it has to be – there's much smarter people than me. Don't you see what's going on? Your government is overthrowing you. Go ahead. Absolutely. And I think that – a huge, obviously, majority of your audience agree 100% with that, and we all see, kind of see the writing on the wall. I think we feel kind of helpless right now because half of our elected Republicans, I think they're already in bed with the Democrats, so they're going to do nothing to change these voting laws. Everything is just going to keep getting worse and worse. We have no future for our children because they're going to keep trying to indoctrinate them. I mean, I guess the reason why I'm calling is I'm wondering, we're always talking about what's wrong. We know what's wrong, but... 
where do we go from here? Like, go to a red state, brother. Kind of if you were, if you well, were yeah, my brother, but, if if you were my son, I would. I'll tell you what I told my daughters. I'll pay for college. Don't you ever come back to Illinois? You come back to Illinois, you owe me I'm every with, cent. I'm with you, and we we also are obviously considering going to a red state. But I think what's happening though is just look at Florida. Look at how many people are actually going out there, and then all of a sudden they start like Austin, Texas, start turning blue. And, and it's going to infiltrate everywhere. So that's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, at what point do these red states get together and say, you know what, enough of this stuff. I'm going to give you hope. Will this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you data. Fact. Not that. Not the Democrat kind where it, it changes by my whim. The reality is what saved Ted Cruz in Texas was not Texans. They, were the, they had infiltrated Texas enough to where Beto O'Rourke was going to beat them. What saved Ted Cruz were the Californians that relocated because they couldn't take the destruction of California. So I understand the premise and, and, and the, the traditional thinking of people that move to these, those red states then vote Democrat. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not true. And that's why in Miami, the strongest voting bloc are the Cubans in the most blue county, and that's why the Republicans win there. So it can happen, Mike, but it can only happen if your state can be saved and your county can be saved. Unfortunately, Illinois is a state that's run by two counties that the mafia controls the voting. So it can happen. But, I, you know, I, I am a living example of why I think it won't happen in very corrupted states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois and California. And the saddest of all is they're all they all were once great states. Right. And, Absolutely. Do you, do you see us having a divided nation once again where we have like, you know, the, the can we be more divided than we are right now without casualties? Can we be more divided than we are right now without casualties? I mean, I, 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 I made the choice this first segment to, to focus on the economy. If we focus on the upheaval, both at the border and it, with race relations and with the admitted knowledge of what we have, when you put that together, it's, it's quite overwhelming. But, Mike, I do believe there are more people that remember a time when government was less in control and when we as citizens interacted with each other interacted with each other with harmony. There was a time like that. It wasn't that long ago. Right? right. So, uh, you know, that's our only hope. But thank you. I truly appreciate it very much. Mary Kay, Western Springs. How are you, Mary Kay? <laughs> Hi, Sean. How are you? Wonderful. Um, good. Well, so the first program you were talking about, I think, was the education thing. Everybody gets to get um, junior college will be free. And... Um, so I want to know who is going to get all this free college. Can anybody who never got a chance to go to college get to go to college? And the specifics are aren't big on what they're working out because they have to lure you by by with the altruism, yeah. right? They have to they have to yeah. make you think. Well, oh, oh, this would be good for kids, and then what happens is it becomes CPS. How do their kids do? The greatest thing to happen to those poor children that are in those Marxist daycare centers. The greatest thing was they can't go anymore. That's the that's the only bright light. So all, you know, right. all they do is use they use the lure of children, right? Children, women, and then you add a couple of caveats: the transgenders, the homosexuals, whatever, oh. whoever they think they can they can act as a Sir Galahand, because that's after yeah. all what government does. They protect us, isn't it wonderful? And no one yeah, isn't it great. Look at this. Look at the neighborhoods. Look at the cities and the states and the counties with the most government intervention they're called ghettos thank you so much i appreciate it dave and downers grove 
Yeah, Sean, I drive a truck all day, so I listen to everything. When I heard that Janet uh, Yellen talk about climate change, you know, it came to mind that we're on the dawn of total chaos, financial and, and the way they're dividing us with the races and taking away police uh, authority. I think we're on the dawn of uh, total uh, chaos, and I think the, the, the young liberals or the communists don't realize it because they lack one thing, common sense. Yeah, and you know what happens then? We make them congressmen in the future, like Adam Kinzinger. These look at look at this group of Congress people. They're children. They don't know what an economy is. Adam Kinzinger is a child, and he's a Republican that's supposed to put up a fight against this. I listen when I watch the news. I see I see other Republicans that are new to Congress, and they're all in on this. They believe this because they have no sense of history. My favorite part about the climate is that the data is ninety years old, ninety to hundred years old. That's the the whole data. The planet is. How many hundreds, thousands, thousands, and hundreds of thousands of years old? Billions of years old. You're looking through a keyhole, and you're telling me how the Mona Lisa looks? It's preposterous, Dave. And, and that explains, though, Dave, why they've been wrong for 70 years. Every prediction is wrong. And all of their, their answers to it, the solar and the wind, it's a fraud. And that's why who controls it is the mafia, the government mafia. That's why it's all underwritten, and that's why you're subsidizing. In the meantime, you're the only guy doing the work. You're driving a truck. And they don't even want you to, to know how cheap diesel is, so they put a 60% tax on it to make you feel like a, you know it's the same problem as gas. These are the people helping you, Dave. Good luck, brother. Good luck to us all. I'll be back after this. We'll take the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. When I get back, we're going to talk about the social upheaval. That, that's also the plan. I got that coming, too, after these messages. For a hundred years, the government has learned the way it really gains power is when it fails. The destruction of an economy can definitely lead to the destruction of a nation. Is it too late? Has Rome fallen? Well, I called it a cold civil war because it always has been. And what you're seeing with the diaper-wearing dimwit is it's very, very obvious as he goes against states that are led by Republican governors. So the border crisis, as if it just was happenstance. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how it happened. We know from interviews with actual illegal aliens. Yes, I still say it. That uh, many of them came here after Biden successfully usurped the White House. Right. So now there's a problem. And now red states are affected. And what's Biden's response? We'll listen to the Arizona governor. Today, I want to address the crisis at our southern border. I've been briefed by Border Patrol and law enforcement leaders on the situation in our border communities. And let me tell you, it's just as bad, if not worse, than the coverage we've been seeing. The U.S. Border Patrol is overwhelmed. Local law enforcement and mayors are calling out for help. Citizens in our border communities are concerned for their safety, and nonprofits left to pick up the pieces of broken federal policies are strained. Just last month, Customs and Border Protection had over 170,000 apprehensions at our border. Almost 19,000 of these apprehensions were unaccompanied children. That's more than four times the number of kids apprehended last March. The numbers don't lie. This drastic surge is a direct result of the bad policy coming out of Washington, D.C. 
and yet we still haven't received an adequate response from the Biden administration. It's clear that they have no plan. They can't even agree on whether this is a crisis or not. One day the president himself says it is. The next day, others in the administration take it back. That's Doug Ducey, Republican governor in Arizona. And he is telling you right now they are not helping him. They are not assisting him. They are nowhere to be found after the crisis that they created happened. Georgia, after the MLB, they, they, they promote companies from pulling, pulling out and harming Georgia. Florida, it's been an open attack on Florida, on DeSantis, thankfully. Where are, where are the Republican congressmen drawing up articles of impeachment? This is obvious to everybody. I'm a real estate broker who has a radio show. I didn't go to school with Proft. I didn't go to Northwestern. I don't hang around with guys named Montesquieu. And it's clearly obvious. They're hoping there are more people in the mafia and that benefit from the welfare cheese than will call out what is very blatantly obvious. This is a constructed plan to tear apart and destroy what makes American citizens special. Our he liberty, never our freedom, his and our capitalism. And that's right. You can chime in any time, Batman guy. It's all happening strategically, and it's very specific. Jason in New Lenox. Sean, congratulations on the show. Love it. Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to let you do the talking, but the, what I told the screener was, where are the resources that the Republicans should be using, as the Democrats did, with every executive order, seems like every policy that came down the pipe, he was uh, it's the former president and supposedly the, whatever GOP representatives we had, they were always cut off by the courts. And it was it was uh, like a chess match, delay, challenge, delay, challenge, delay. Why aren't the Republicans playing the same game in reverse? Because, and let, you because, know? because they're morons. I mean, you you, you know you want to look at you look at Scalise, uh, you look at the uh, the other guy's name escapes me. What the hell's the other guy's name? Guy from California, I can't think of his name. Dimwit that he is. Uh, these these are the heads of, of the Republican the Republican minority leaders in Congress. You look at old lady face Mitch McConnell. Listen, he's got his name on more buildings in Kentucky than anybody. He is an oligarch. They don't want to give up that position. So they're bought and paid for, and they make their money through pretending to put up a fight. Because you know what's happening right now is the money is flowing into the parties like never before, flowing into it. And they're not interested in putting up a fight. They like this corruption. They just want their guy in charge of it. Whereas what I want is a separation of the economy and state. I want the American principles to you and to people I don't agree with. I want them to have the freedom to have their own liberty and their own freedom. But they shouldn't be able to impose this on me. Yet here we are. And now we've got the virus on top of it. And any time they want in these Democratic hubs, what do they do? They shut down. They, they threaten to shut down. They let you know you're existing. You're moving about the state because they let you. It is, it is the perfect storm. And to me, it is the, it is the downturn of, of the American empire. It is the collapse of America. So, Sean, you know, just one last, one last question. Ahead. There's so much money. I mean, money always talks. I just can't believe that there isn't. I mean, the game plan's there. The chess game that the Democrats played for four years is great. I just can't believe the same money game and the same game plan can't be implemented. But no, we, said, we're, 
if everyone's making money, who cares, right? That's yeah. it. They, they, it's, 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 it's more for me and less for you because it's yeah. fake. Now, here's the, here's the only thing, Jason. They're going to destroy the dollar. They're going to destroy the dollar. That's why you see, you know, I always said the stock market to a certain extent is a mere image of inflation. Stocks are currencies of those companies. Sometimes they rally not because they're doing good things, but because the way in which we buy them goes down. We just don't think of it that way. Right. So beware. The, and that's what my beef was against the Trump administration. Who gives a rip what the stock market's doing? Do your damn job. It's not a, it's not the government's job to prop up the stock market. Because that's every excuse in the world to do what Janet Yellen and what Powell and what all the dimwits we pretend are different who run the Federal Reserve. They just keep pumping the money to their friends. You know, and who do you have to thank for that? George W. Bush. I have to break the rules of capitalism to save it. Why, you stupid, big-eared moron. You should have never been in that position. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it very much. All right, let's go to Margo. She's been holding a long time. Burridge, how are you, Margo? Oh, good. How are you, Sean? Wonderful. Thank you. Loving your show. Thank you. (laughs) Good. Okay, so I just was wondering if you um, saw in the paper this morning in the Wall Street Journal that now they're paying um, uh, lumber farmers not to cut down their trees. Mm -hmm. So um, this is, they're getting, the the companies like Exxon and and those guys are getting carbon credits by paying another company who's probably the friend of some senator or something. And, the, and that company is then So it specifically says they're getting carbon credits? Yeah, this is how they're getting their carbon credits. By well, what, what, we, don't we don't have a cap and trade. We don't have a cap and trade system. What, what's a carbon credit in, in this economy? Or do they know something we don't? Well, yeah, I guess they've decided what it is. I guess they decided we have, we have cap to, and trade, right? I, I, I think, guess so. It might and be that, Canada. It, it might that, be Canada. No, no, no. It's the southern farmers. It's the farmers in our south that are doing it, that they're paying them off. And they um, and they also said that they, um, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, they, oh, when they started the, the auction for how much they were going to yeah. pay them, they asked the farmers, what price would we need to pay you to get you to, to agree to this? So mm-hmm. that's where they started the auction was at the price they said, which was like $17. So that's how you, that's how you corrupt the free market. And you know the first, the first president yeah. that was really proficient at, at, at paying farmers not to produce? You know the first one? You'd be shocked. I think you'd be shocked. Richard M. Nixon. Yep. That was almost as stupid as when Gerald Ford tried to price protect the onion market. Take a look at how that worked out. Those are Republicans. So to all the questions of why don't the Republicans do it, because the Republicans are corporatist, corrupt Keynesians. That's what they are, because they have a they have lobbyists that are strictly sent there to pay off whatever money we send them. They get a cutback of 30 percent. It's just like the Chicago Democrats and the roads and the cement companies. It's the same scam. The suits are just better. And that's the problem, Margo, because the American people have now adopted the philosophy of, boy, I hope that 480 pound, five foot two moron who looks like a beanbag with a pumpkin on his head on it tells me I could go see Nana today. I hope I hope he tells me it's okay. I hope so, because we as Americans have have really through self-loathing, through guilt we didn't deserve, through 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 all kinds of medication, have lost the soul of a nation and the independence that we were known for. The American arrogance because we were free and we were supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. Are we the land of the free and the home of the brave now? I think it's quite the opposite. Ed in his car. Hi, Ed. Hey, Sean. Good good to talk to you. Um, I really enjoy the show. I'm uh, glad you got this time slot. Thank you, buddy. And, um, yep. 
Hey, um, you may or may not have read, um, it's called the 45 Declared Goals of Communism. Um, it was read into congressional record in 1962, uh, 1963. Was it, from, was it by um, the factor before Yuri Bezmenov? Wasn't it, was uh, it, was it the factor that the that was his partner defected like a year before? I I, I don't know. I, really I, I don't recall, but you got to forgive me. I, I I'm old. I don't have the memory I used to. But I, I <laughs> what I will do. Give me the name again. I want to write it down. The forty five declared goals of communism, and uh, when you and your audience, when you look it up, uh-huh. you will be amazed at how many of those forty five the goals yeah. have already been realized. It's scary, Sean. <laughs> yeah, forty four and a half. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it, and I also recommend grabbing everything you can on Yuri Bezmenov. He did numerous, numerous interviews. Um, unless they don't, unless the companies that don't get taxed on data take them down. You see how they're hand in glove with the. The Marxist agenda, because they're protecting how they don't get taxed. Everybody wants to regulate, regulate, regulate. I don't want to regulate them. If you're taking something from the people and you're selling it, you should you owe somebody something. Pay a tax on it. But no, no, no. Why? Because they are their greatest propagandists and they are the conduit to their foot soldiers. The other Marxists known as BLM and Antifa and the and the colleges. There's schools that do this, too. i got to go to break. I, I don't want to go to break. Shortest two hours of the day. I'll be back after this. We'll clear up the board. I mean, really, it goes so fast. I, I, I blew through a break. I only got a couple minutes. Let's clear lines. Drago, you know I love when you call. How are you, buddy? Very good, Sean. Thank you. Listen, last Saturday, I'm driving up n- northern Milwaukee Avenue, Route 21, uh-huh. and I'm from someplace to, uh, I want to say, Wheeling or something. I come up to this store. It's got a big letters on it. It says employee owned, open 24 hours. So that tells you where we are heading. Yes, it so does. This is 100, 100% socialism. But when it comes with the government, we are way past socialism. This is a fascism. That's and right. The feeble fascist. I think that's going to catch on. Unless we you know, rise up and start doing something, there's going to be no return. So now I'm reading, it says you want the truckers to strike and paralyze the country, but here's here's why I wanted to take you. Yes, well, first of all, I want yes, to take you because you know I love your calls, Drago, and you get it because you came from a, for, a former Soviet country. But the reality yes, is the unions that have co-opted the good people are all in support of this. So that, that would only work if the unions didn't back the Soviet takeover. And that's the saddest part of all, Drago. But here's the thing. 90% of those guys that make up that union, they think like we do. And that's what our hope is. So, Drago, in the meantime, I hope I see you walking on the beach. Thank you, buddy. Is that, is that the out? I can't even take these calls. All right. Fastest show on radio. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Things for sure. 
after the verdict yesterday. They were just getting warmed up. BLM, neo-Marxist mafia. It's just the starting point. The organizer who's been organizing in New York for almost a year now consistently, I feel vindicated, but I also feel emboldened. I feel and we're just getting started. I wanted to bring on Jennifer Van Lahr, Red State Managing Editor, co-host of Sound Right with Jen and Scott. She's also a colleague of mine on Salem Radio Network AM 590. Jennifer, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm irritated, Jennifer. I'm watching my uh, country be destroyed. I'm watching the American ideals be bastardized. And to top it all off, I just didn't know. I, I, inherently, apparently, I'm a racist. Oh, well, you just wake up every morning knowing that. It's preposterous to me what is happening, and what's even more preposterous is that there seem to be no adults in the country left except for talk radio. That's pretty true. We do have a lot of people who listen, though, and read our stuff at Red State, and there are other town hall properties that I think are pretty, pretty adultish, but the ones that have the biggest voices seem to be children. And um, now that we know that this is just the beginning, when you see police officers um, in Ohio that shoot a girl who was clearly trying to stab another girl, do Mm -hmm. you just brace for the riots or do you think that there will be maybe the other girl's family will say, thank God you shot that girl before she killed my daughter? I I, I mean, now that we've lost all sense of, of right and wrong, where what are we just floating in the buoy of socialist quicksand? Well, it definitely seems that way after yesterday. Um, I mean, thank goodness that there weren't celebratory riots for for the most part. Seemed to stay pretty quiet. But where they should be, people should be saying, "Well, we got the justice that we wanted out of this, at least out of the Black Lives Matter crowd." Instead, they're saying, "Oh, wait, this is just the beginning. This is." Not all justice. He wasn't just one bad apple. It's systemic racism, and we just have to keep going and going and going. And we have to keep cops where they can't have qualified immunity. We have to judge them with every bit of hindsight and not let them do their jobs. And that's where we are, I think. You know, I think everybody that watched it knew that the cop was culpable and that the mm-hmm. he stayed on him too long and that there was clearly there had to be ramifications and there had to be you know, I throw it off the court, the, the the force, and I was thinking that involuntary manslaughter was on the table. Um, but when you see right. when you see a congressperson come out, when you see a judge that really looked incompetent at best, and when you see just a, a ten-hour deliberation of guilty, 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 it's 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 it seems to me a kangaroo court system, and it, and it's a shame to me. I understand it. I understand the outside pressure, and I understand that they were probably intimidated and afraid. But how do you put faith into a system that is so clearly pliable by intimidation? It's really difficult, too. And and even though people all over the country knew about this case, I think that it should have been moved out of at least out of Minneapolis, uh, maybe to a far corner of the state, because those people have to go back into the community and the way that the Star Tribune published so much information about these jurors, it's going to be easy for people to figure out who these jurors were. I mean, figure out who hasn't, hasn't really been around work the last month. And they fit these other descriptions within that newspaper article. 
I'm sure those jurors were terrified that if they brought back the wrong verdict, that they would be harassed, they might lose their jobs, their family might be harmed. I mean, I, I didn't write it in this article that we were um, referencing today, but I worked in the court system for about 20 years in North Carolina and, and over two dozen murder trials, some of which were live streamed and on Dateline and that kind of thing, so high profile. And those jurors were terrified of what could happen if got out that they were on this jury and someone didn't like the verdict they returned. So I can only imagine the pressure that these jurors were under. And it seems to me that um, so many people have gotten used to the idea that organized Marxists posing as social justice warriors are normal. And we have an industry that kind of popped up that makes $100 million a year and disperses grants of $5 million or $12 million. And you see the upper echelon of this neo-Marxist group buying multi-million dollar properties. Do you think that at some point, the people who give money will say, I, I, I kind of see the scam here. Well, I know that some of the other BLM types and leadership went to investigate Patrice Culler's financial dealings where she got that money. But who knows if that's from the perspective of they want to know where their share is <laughs> or she took so their the old, whole share. Yeah, the old gangster cut me in or cut it out. Right. Uh, hopefully there's a little more. I, I try to have faith in my fellow man, but it makes it really hard some days to have that. And that's the that's the point I'm at. Are we so back on our heels because we've been taken by surprise at the idea um, that that so much of our government was really inhabited by people who had the agenda of of really I, I, I socialist isn't strong enough these are marxists and that we now are used to after a year of having our freedoms taken away and being placed under house arrest that we now have adopted that slave mindset that forever sets us on a path to just this is as good as it gets yeah i've been just surprised astonished at the level of um cowardice that I've seen over the last year, people just saying, okay, whatever the government says to do, that's what I'm going to do. And they don't question and they don't fight back. I, I've really been shocked by that. So I think we are at that moment where people are just ready to do whatever the government says. They're not capable or either they're not capable or they don't want to think on their own. They don't want to question anything. And so we're really at that moment where they could just go even further with taking over things. And it's not just the people that are already in government that are Marxists. You have, along with the BLM movement, they're aligned with this progressive DA movement where they're going to put district attorneys that will punish the uh, police officers over the rioters. And, and, and you so know, then they go to, through that system. And if you've, you've got people enforcing, you know, the, the one thing that, that got to me during this last year is I watched as good people who normally had principles of Americanism all of a sudden became agents of the government when you walk in a grocery store if you didn't have your mask on or if it wasn't on right, and you saw people comfortable telling other people, hey, put your mask on. When you have that kind of mindset, is it just something that, that, that now takes over into every aspect of, of your life where strangers are are indicting you for racism or strangers are comfortable saying, you know, you look like you make enough money and I don't know what your income is, but we've got to figure out a way to tax you. Is it just a complete overthrow of what used to be the kind of individuality and the, and the respect for someone else's liberty? Uh, can you get it back after what we've seen this last year? 
to get it back, there's going to have to be hitting rock bottom, and I don't think we're there yet. And oh, unfortunately, boy. they unfortunately what's happened is they they don't need re-education camps anymore. I've been tossing around an op-ed idea on this vein for a while that there's not going to be a re-education camp because they have trained everyone to think a certain way and the group think corrects you before any re-education camp is needed. And like we now are learning. get accused of racism and they go to, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize and I'm going to go to this counseling session over here to help me think better. And we're learning, um, you know, and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm over 50 years old, although if you saw me, Jennifer, you would never know it. But I'm over 50 years old <laughs> and I have, I have older kids. And um, I paid for parochial school. And I think so many of us, I mean, it came out in my life because my kids were tattletales and they would tell me when a teacher was stupid or would say something stupid. But so many of my friends and other parents would assume, okay, we're going to drop them off to this institution and they are going to promote the same ideology I have and the same principles and pride in this country that I have. And quite the opposite was happening. In fact, what was happening was, they were themselves being indoctrinated because we were turning them over to little Marxist propagandists we call teachers. Right. And even I have older kids, too. I'm almost 50. And you we lived in it. North Carolina when they were. <laughs> thank you. When they were younger. And even in rural North Carolina, I ran into some of that. My oldest is going to be 27. When he was in uh, middle school, his teacher wanted to just only show an inconvenient truth as their science movie on global warming and not an opposite mindset so that the kids could see both and, and examine and discuss. And so I had to fight back against that. But even in rural North Carolina 15 years ago, that was happening. So, so it's you, been happening for a long time. And now you've got a generation of kids that were taught this propaganda, and that movie has been proven fake and staged and, you know, effects at the end with the ice and all of it. Yet, in their minds, it is the similar thing that you and I learned about how proud that, that the founding fathers embraced the Enlightenment, where men were not to be ruled, but to be represented. So now you've got this entire two or three generations that are unfortunately educated on lies. What is that? I mean, are we going to just be two old people in an old people's home talking about when America was great, the way Ronald Reagan warned us? And uh, punching our fists up at the clouds? I sure hope not. Uh, but I do think that there's, within the American spirit, and I think that is a thing because the people who came to this country all came because they were individualists and they wanted to do something different and an uh, open society where they could succeed. I think that that is still in our DNA and that at some point, there's a lot of kids that are in their early 20s that are just saying, screw this. Like, I, I'm not going to do what you tell me. So if I get you right, we may actually benefit from having spoiled brats as kids because they are not going to like the reality of socialism. So those entitled little brats, I include myself in this, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not casting stones on anybody. Those spoiled little brats that, that don't realize a Snickers bar or a Cadillac is $100, they may actually not like the life that socialism provides. Is that our only hope? We have to rely on the spoiled brats? Well, that and then uh, my two oldest kids, they, they don't want to share what they worked hard for. I mean, they want to share it if someone truly needs something. But if they worked hard for something, they're like, they think, why do, you, why, why do I need to give you something that you didn't work for? Go work for it yourself. Now, they so don't happen I think to run hedge funds, do they? No. 
All right, good, because that's our only hope, because you just described every hedge fund manager I ever met. They're very altruistic with everybody else's money, but when it comes to their money, they don't like to give it up. So I always kind of banked on that selfishness of the corrupt. It looks like I may have overplayed that hand. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as my kids, they would help give their own money if someone truly needed it, but they're not just going to go hand out just because the government tells them you need to share with someone else who did nothing. Uh and I think that there's enough kids like that. And then the other kids that want all their iPhones, they want you know, the BMW when they're 20 years old or the Mercedes. Yeah. And that socialism isn't going to give it to them. I always told my kids when someone's asking them for money, look down at their shoes. And we are now living in an era when this corner bums have $100 shoes on. So I am hoping that right. I did the right thing, Jennifer. Jennifer Van Lahr, Red State. And you also are a co-host of a radio show, Sound Right, with Jen and Scott. How's Scott? Is he a good guy or is he annoying like one of the other hosts around in, the, in this station? He's both. All right, very good, very good. <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank you so much for joining me, and we can find your stuff at Red State. Where else? Just only at Red State. I'm the managing editor, so I keep my stuff there. And you're also on the Salem Network, AM 590, correct? Correct. Every Thursday for Spill the Tea on California Corruption. Oh, well, that's going to keep you. You're going to need more than Thursday. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 after this. Chicago Public School Teachers Union National Song Used to be the Soviet National Anthem It is now the platform of the modern day American Democrat And every once in a while We get a little proof Now I expected this to come from a public school Or even one of those phony baloney colleges That uh, are subsidized eight ways to Tuesday But this is actually a private school in New York The Grace Church School. This is between a math teacher and what their version is of a principal. I found it to be shocking and telling all at the same time. Let me ask you something, George, because I think those are I think there's something very different about having a single experience where you make sense of it. Right. And having a teacher, an authority figure talk to you endlessly every year telling you that because you have whiteness, You are associated with evils, all these different evils. These are moral evils. It's not the same as taking like a physical thing because it doesn't affect your 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 moral value. That's the problem. The 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 fact is that I'm agreeing with you that there has been a demonization that we need to get our hands around in the way in which people are doing this understanding. So you agree that we're demonizing kids? We're demonizing um, kid, we're, we're demonizing white people for being born. And, uh, and are some of our and students white people? Stuff. What? Are some of our students white people? Yes. Okay, so we're demonizing white. We're demonizing white kids. Why don't you just say it? We are, I, we are using language that makes them feel less than um, for nothing that they are personally responsible for. They know what they're doing to our kids. They know it and they're doing it. This is mental torture. And these are teachers. Now, this school is $57,000 a year. This is happening in every school across the country. This is how you break the soul of children. And this is how you enslave a nation. 
make them feel guilty for a crime they didn't commit. That is the head of every news story in this country right now today. And these are teachers who we trust our kids with. It's disgusting to me. And what's going to happen to this piece of dung? Absolutely nothing. But moreover, his ideology is what is promoted every single day. Every day. In schools that we pay for, whether you know it or you don't. You're paying these scumbags. And this is how they teach the younger teachers. You indict children so that they walk around with their heads hung. Versus the way we were raised. We were free in this country with liberty for us. Our house was our castle. You remember all that? How is the house the castle when this fat slob Pritzker and the like-minded Marxists around this country that are part of his party, the American Soviets we call Democrats, have now imprisoned people for nothing. They use an excuse and some government post office worker we pretend is a doctor. No offense to you mail carriers. I need the mail. I'm talking about Auntie Mary Fauci, 80 years old and corrupt as Grand Avenue is crooked. It's disgraceful to me. And they admit it that they know what they're doing to our children. These are our kids. And this doesn't aggravate anybody. And you can't see the rest of this BS with these Marxist frauds that pretend to be BLM. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. And 100 million a year. A hundred million a year funneled into that shill company. Shill. And every, every, find out every company that gives them money and stop doing business with them. Stop it. This, this is outrageousness. Outrageousness. And you're going to talk to me about the climate and how dangerous wind is and, and, and exhaling and cows farting. That's what's dangerous. That's what's a threat to America. They're a threat to America. You want to know something? I'm going to homeschool my grandkids. I'm telling you right now, they're going to come with Papa. I'll take care of it because we got to break this system here. This is corruption. This is, this is a strategic takeover of our liberty, of our America. This is no joke anymore. I mean, we could talk about the economic tyranny and how many morons cash checks and get payoffs. And that system, unfortunately, is so corrupted and so bastardized, it will go on for another millennium because they like it this way. There are, there are scumbags who never worked a day in their life, smoke crack on the weekends, and I'm specifically talking about Hunter Biden. And because of family connections and corruptions, they're ambassadors, they sit on boards. That's the system, and it's been overtaken. But this is mentally enslaving our children. The idea that you would tell innocent kids they're guilty of racism. Now, we have identified that government has but one reaction, and that is to implement the tyranny it says it's fighting. Implement racism in the name of racism. And they're very comfortable taking over private companies, telling you what you got to pay people, telling you what somebody has to have between their legs to sit on a board. It's disgusting to me. Where is the separation of government? Where? Where? In 2021, where's the separation? Nowhere. It's, 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 dis, it's despicable. 312-642-5600.
Now listen, I'm a big fan of Ronald Reagan. I always was. I thought he was a great president. Anything he did wrong, he did it because old man Bush had an idea with the funny socks. He couldn't help it. It was in the genes. He was born a corporatist fraud. But the reality is during the Cold War, we made some crucial mistakes. We made some crucial mistakes because we adopted the espionage philosophy of implementing instability into specific nations we knew were strategic, strategic that we took them over. And we collapsed them. And we did this by creating instability, both socially, economically. This is exactly what is happening to us right now. This is where we're at, and we've identified the problem, whether it's the economy, whether it's social, whether it's our rights and the abuse of what civil liberties we're supposed to have protection of or the representation we think we have. What has happened now is that they have successfully overthrown our country from within. And the Republican rebuttal to this isn't merely feckless. As far as I can tell, it's strategic on their end. And they, too, are looking forward to cashing in. That's why they're completely subsidizing very specific aspects of an economy they have interest in. So as they add the new green agenda, this to me is going to be the one step, the straw that breaks the camel's back. What we will see from this point forward is more silence, silence, silencing of us. We're losing voices. We're losing representatives. During this, these hearings that go on in Washington, D.C., there are but a handful of Republicans putting up a fight against this. In the meantime, more Marxists are being implemented and placed in strategic offices within our government. How do you get them out? Trump tried to get him out. Unfortunately, he wasn't that successful. He was draining the swamp with a straw from what it looks like to me. And here we are, unfortunately, at a point where there is no lifeline. And every day is more news of different freedoms, privacy, and rights we lose. And now we know that they have been implementing this to our children. So we're three generations deep now. I'm just hoping that American spirit, the total talk of, is, is still enough to pull us through. I'm hoping there's enough talk radio listeners and enough talk radio hosts to hold us together, and hopefully we can survive. But we are only 91 days into the Biden administration, yet at every single front, we're being outflanked. It's a devastating turn of events to turn on the news and see how much of our American principles have been undermined. I'm going to go to break. We're having a little technical difficulties. I hope you understand. I hope you stick with me. We'll be back after this. All right. Let's get to some of the calls. Give me Ron, please. Ron, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, doing good. Thanks. You know, uh, in the last moment, you just commented uh, somewhere, sometime, common sense has to start to show up that what you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ears, 
starts to take over from what you're hearing from everybody else. But my main reason for calling is, as you know, in our Jim Eagle uh, nation that's so systemically racist, there's a few things that need to be rewritten in history. And uh, in particular, you know that we are so bad as a nation that I don't think folks of color are even allowed on tennis courts or golf courses, are they? Uh, well, Ron, here's, we here's the thing. The history book. The fact is not what what sells. It's the lie that sells. Yeah. So the fact of our history and the strives that people of all races have made under it is not what's really important. It's the illusion that everybody takes the position that kept people down. So they're convicting us of things that happened before most of us were born. The racism yep. that they're so actually the, rallying against is 70 years old, is 100 years old, and it's working. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so I, we need to erase the history books of some of the current accomplishments. I think that we need to request that uh, the Williams sisters and Mr. Woods need to give up all of their titles, money, and trophies because that just can't happen in a nation like this, can it? Well, I, I guess it's a good place to start. Let me know how that goes. Thanks for the call. All right, let's go to Tom. Tom, Deer Park, thanks for calling the show. Sean, thank you for taking my call. You know, I've I've known you, I've listened to you since you went from a caller to a guest host to a sub-host, and now you're nailing it down on your own show. Um, I have a question. I've, I've listened to you flame. Forget about the left and the Democrats. I've listened to you flame. Every Republican that I can think of from the Bushes, to Roscom, to Rauner, to Kinzinger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a couple questions. Um, is there a Republican that's currently in office that you can support? And then also, is there somebody from the intellectual right, you know, uh, from any publication or radio that you respect, that you uh, believe in their ideology? Uh, I'm just curious about that. Well, Thomas Sowell, he's just a little long in the tooth to do anything of substance. There's a lot of guys out there that that um, could take up the intellectual mantle. The problem is they're stifled. They're like everybody else who does it, uh, who, who speaks about conservatism or individuality or the Enlightenment, right? That, that now is old-fashioned thinking. As far as elected officials, there's only a handful. And, you know, to, to, to mind comes Mike Lee and... Um, I think to a certain extent, Rand Paul, and I, I love Rand Paul. I think that uh, Ted Cruz would be good. I think Jim Jordan is good. Um, but you know, are, we looking, are we looking for one man, though, Tom? The problem is we're not looking for one man. We're looking for the ideology to be shared on playgrounds. This ideology of American principles, this isn't about guys out front or hood ornaments. This is about what is the philosophy of the nation. And the philosophy of the nation has been corrupted. Do you have anything about right? the Matt Gates, the, the Lauren Boberts, and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, and the, the Gosser, and all the, the white nationalists and, and conspiracy theorists and nutbags? I mean, let me ask you something. Yeah, are you telling me that the conspiracy of the Democrats being Marxist is somehow a conspiracy? You want to you want to do the you want to do the equivocation game. Oh, they're just as bad as we are. And what I'm saying is Matt Gates is irrelevant to me. 
Matt Gates and these people you name are irrelevant. I'm more interested in what is the philosophy of a nation? What is the principles of its laws? What is the, what is the responsibility of, of real government versus the fascism we've become accustomed to? So to throw the, the tit-for-tat equivocation game, oh, our guys are just as crazy as their guys, it doesn't hold water to me. Matt Gates is irrelevant. I don't care if he wakes up tomorrow. So it's about what's the philosophy of a nation. That's what, that's what we have to focus on, not individuals. Unfortunately, we're losing that intellectual battle. I'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7. Just one look at you. And I know it.